You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 61. Hey there, Impact Drivers. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and today we are talking about the concept of going from PMO to Strategy Implementation Office. This episode is sponsored by Meisterplan. Meisterplan is a project portfolio management tool that lets companies create realistic and achievable portfolios. With Meisterplan, you can see project details, capacity, and financials all in one dashboard. Start making better project portfolios with a free 30-day trial at meisterplan.com. And I am super excited to introduce all of you to Antonio Nieto Rodriguez. He is here to talk to us today about making that transition and how important that is in the project economy. Let me tell you a little bit about Antonio before we dive in. Antonio is a leading expert in project management and strategy implementation, recognized by Thinkers 50 with the prestigious award, Ideas Into Practice. He is the author of Lead Successful Projects, The Project Revolution, and The Focused Organization. I already know that one's gonna be my favorite. (laughs) He has been teaching project management for more than a decade to senior executives across organizations, and he has also held several PMO positions at the executive level for PricewaterhouseCoopers, BNP Paribas, and GlaxoSmithKline. He is the former chairman of PMI Global, the Project Management Institute, and is the co-founder of the Strategy Implementation Institute and the Global Movement Brightline. He's also a member of Marshall Goldsmith 100 Coaches. So with all of that said, you can see why I definitely wanted to have Antonio here to talk with us about this big transition we see coming from PMOs, the traditional PMO, to a strategy implementation office. Antonio, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Laura. It's really a pleasure to be here in your podcast, and I heard some of them. I think you're doing a terrific job for the PMO community, so really looking forward to our talk and, and thanking you already for the opportunity. Oh, of course, of course. Oh, I'm so thrilled you're here. Okay, so let's dive in and just hit it really hard right in the heart of what we're dealing with as many PMO leaders globally. What I've seen, especially this year, Antonio, with the pandemic and organizations being forced to make huge shifts quickly, some PMOs are really struggling and the PMO leaders aren't quite sure how to kind of keep up with this pace of change and all the chaos going on, and others are doing quite well. But there's a trend happening that could be very concerning in this PMO community. And I'd like to get your take on why so many PMOs are struggling right now, what might be the cause, and what we might want to do differently. Yeah, great question to start, Laura. And I see that from my end too. I think we have an opportunity that we probably have not had in the past. And it's about transforming the PMO. I think we struggle. You, you know, you've been in project management in PMOs for a long time enough to, to hear the statistic that 
three out of four PMOs were dying after three, four years because people didn't see the value. And I think we're in a moment like that. It's either you change or you die. And the need for transformation within the PMO, for moving from the concrete, the tangible, the structured part that we were providing to the organizations around methods and about project selection. And it has completely wiped out. Now we need to be more agile in the sense of helping leaders with the strategic matters. We need to help leaders to take stronger decisions on which projects do we need to stop and which projects do we need to start. And in the past, you would take six to nine months to do all this. Now you need to do it in three weeks. So I think, of course, the risk of failure, the risk of, yeah, maybe doing the wrong choices, it's much higher now. But I think as a PMO leader, we need to embrace this opportunity to finally do the big jump that we've not done so far from the traditional PMO to the strategic PMO, where we are really advisors of the executives on selecting, deciding, and and aligning the organization, plus providing the tools, the competencies, which are also different than in the past. We need to embrace different methods, and we need to act more as coaches of the PMO community than monitoring, checking, So yes, I can see that some will be successful. Many will fail if they don't change fast. Oh my gosh, you are speaking my love language. I'm telling you, Antonio, this is like exactly what I've been saying to this community. And in fact, earlier this year, when the pandemic became global concern, we saw a lot of PMO leaders reaching out saying, what do I do? How do I keep doing my continuous improvement projects? How do I keep doing the things that I've been doing all along when this pandemic is happening? And so I started sharing back with this community through the podcast, through these free Q&A webinars I was doing, answering these questions. And I said, you don't. You don't keep doing the same things you've always been doing. You need to be able to shift and respond and pivot. The PMO must pivot in times of crisis to solve the business needs in the moment. And that's what some were doing and doing successfully and others didn't quite know where or how to do it. And I said, listen, you guys have the keys to the kingdom. This is your golden opportunity to really step up and earn that seat at the table. Like you say, in the strategy conversations and to have the bigger picture conversations, oftentimes PMO leaders will say, well, I quote unquote should be at the table. No, no, no. That's not how it works. You earn your right to be at that table. You earn your right to be in those conversations by sharing and providing the information that the business leaders actually need to make decisions. So for example, if you're in the midst of a pandemic and your market shifts, you might have projects that need to accelerate and happen sooner. You might have projects that really should not be done right now because they're really not going to help bring the organization along in the midst of a crisis. Business leaders, many were struggling themselves, executives, to figure out what they should do. How bad is this pandemic going to be? How much is it going to affect our organization? So they had a lot of what-if scenarios they need to go through. And I kept telling PMO leaders, you literally hold the keys to the data. You know what projects are happening. You know what the resources are doing. And even if it's not perfect, oh my gosh, this is your opportunity to anticipate those questions and answer those questions and be the right hand to the organization's leadership function trying to make these decisions. And I can tell you, Antonio, for my students, the ones that are in my Impact Engine PMO program, they're killing it this year because they knew 
that their job was to respond, react, and pivot when the needs of the business changed. Like I teach them how to sustain and evolve the PMO by shifting how they think about the work they're doing. That, I think, really, Antonio, is where PMOs are going. That's what I'm seeing. The ones that are going to survive, you know, and they're, they're walking around with this survival mindset, I don't actually think they'll survive. I think that that's the PMOs of the past. I think you're dead on with the PMOs of the future are the ones that are looking at crisis. They're looking at opportunity. They're looking at the changes in the world going on around them and using it as an opportunity to thrive and really step into that leadership function. So can you talk a little bit more about what it means to kind of shift to be more focused on strategy? Well, Laura, first I want to share that we didn't uh, align on the call before the call, but we are 100% aligned. I, I love what you're saying. And yeah, I could just write all the words that you say and completely endorse. And I think all your students are lucky to have you as a mentor because I cannot see other paths actually for the PMOs to survive. And just before I try to answer your question, one point that we PMOs don't see very often is that beyond earning that place on the table, which I like how you describe it, that role with the executives, I think we have an opportunity to become role models for the PM community. Mm. Uh, They have never or hardly ever see the PMO as a role model. They would see the business, the CEO, here we have an opportunity to say, well, we are role models as well. We have the guts to say, guys, this is what we need to do. We need to step up. So imagine the opportunity if you're working with 10 PMs or 100 PMs that you can be their role model. So mm-hmm. it's something for me, which is just making everything even more exciting. And to your question on how can we become more strategic, it's going into that unknown. It's, it's, uh, of course, you need to develop. We need to understand better the business and how the priorities and the competition and the market, there's some competitive intelligence. We need to act a bit as consultants where the job dropped you in a company and in one or two weeks, you'll know a bit about the company. So it's moving more into the business priorities, the objectives, and the challenges that these people, we are enablers. We want to help the executives. So what are their challenges and how can I, with my team, help you to survive, go through the crisis, build a new business, keep customers, keep employees. So this is shifting towards less into the reporting and the the structure that we have in the past to that kind of unknown world, yeah, we become partners and advisors of the C-suite. So it's a bit of a, yeah, you need to step into the void a bit, but it's the only way and I think it's worth it. Oh yeah, for sure. And I love that idea that not just do we as PMO leaders need to make sure we understand our role and how we can more closely align to the business leaders of our organization and frankly, see ourselves as peers, right? The challenge we have, and I don't want to go on a tangent on this, but I get so upset when I hear people talking about setting up a charter for a PMO. And I say, well, listen, we set up charters for projects. Is your PMO a project or a business unit that you want to be seen as a peer to the rest of the organization, right? So if it's a business unit, then it needs to have a business plan, just like the marketing department or the IT department. You don't see the IT department walking around with the charter, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So once we kind of embrace that 
more strategic business partner role in our organizations as a PMO leader, we have a responsibility then to bring the project managers along with us. And I think that's a really important point because oftentimes we're so busy trying to figure out as PMO leaders, how to just survive, right? And so we're shifting that mindset to be more about thriving. And then we have to look at, okay, now that we get it, now that we understand our role as a business partner, what are we doing to help ensure that our project managers see the forest for the trees, right? Because you're bringing up an important point. I think a lot of, especially PMO leaders that got PMP certified along the way, and I've been PMP certified since 2004 and been a part of PMI and the PMI community for 12 years of board service. I'm in, right? I'm in, I'm sold. I was feeding feedback into my friend, Jesse Fuel, who was a part of the Pinbox 7 team. I'm like, make sure it talks about impact, make sure it talks about return on investment and value, not just, you know, (laughs) benefits, right? So I'm in, right? And I think that the PMP and the process teaches you a lot about inputs, outputs, tools, and techniques, right? That's the things you need to memorize. And you need to figure out how to put all those inputs, outputs, tools, and techniques to use on projects. And those are all still just the means to the end, right? Those are the outputs we create, but they're not the outcomes we achieve. And I think that so many project leaders, for no fault of their own, it's how they're trained, it's how we're trained, are so focused on the project outputs that we forget. And one thing you really emphasize is that purpose, that meaning, that bigger mission of the outcome we're there to achieve. So I think it's super important that once us as PMO leaders, once we get it, once we understand that, once we're able to articulate the true purpose and why for the work that we're doing, that we make sure that we bring those project managers along with us and help them contextualize all the project work that they're doing, right? They get so busy on deliverables and managing that triple constraint so tightly that they forget that, hey, gee, if we manage this so tightly and don't let any changes in, we could miss a huge opportunity to achieve the true business outcome we're looking for. So I love how you talk about that mentoring and growing up of the project managers into being more business leaders as well and how important that is for all of us to do. Yeah. And I think, uh, like you said, we've not been trained. I think there's nobody to blame. And uh, and I think BMI is understanding this as well with the new concepts. They're embracing Agile. And, and yeah. I think they're going to move with Dryline as well. So I think we might be a bit ahead, but I think PMI is following. And, and with the work you're doing with your masterclass, I think people should listen more to you because you're spot on. And I say, this is really a call for action. We don't know how the world is going to look like, but most likely companies will have probably less employees. And this is sad, but uh, we might be in the lower end if we don't show the value quickly. And uh, I think it's really urgent that we embrace all what we're talking here. Mm-hmm. And you brought up an important point about Agile. And Antonio, as you and I have talked about, we were doing PMOs back in the 90s. You know, I certainly didn't know I was building a PMO, right? I was figuring it out on my own on the hard way. What I was doing was taking the business need of accelerating delivery on all these e-commerce initiatives and making that happen, right? So it was all about the business need. I understood that right up front. And frankly, we were doing a ton of Agile and we didn't know it was called Agile because frankly, a lot of Agile, everyone's so scared, like that doesn't know. It's really just common sense. Go read the Agile Manifesto. It's really just, we value this over that. And what I take from it is we are looking at building relationships and treating people as people and figuring out how to best get the best out of them and best work together. And 
that means we have more interaction, not less. It means that we absolutely need to create outputs, but they are for a greater outcome. And we wanna make sure that we don't overemphasize the templates, the tools, the process to the expense of achieving that highest possible return on investment and ultimate why for doing the work in the first place. So I think that we're really need to figure out it's a combination of big A agile as an implementation approach, but also small A agility and being able to figure out how our organizations can benefit from the work that we do by making it a lean, mean, optimized machine, helping the organization achieve those outcomes. And being there at the center of all of this beautiful activity happening, we can truly be the engine that's generating that impact. And we do that by being more little a agile and being more nimble and flexible and able to pivot when things change and responding to business needs and incorporating more big A agile implementation approach. I think that there's so many places where we're already kind of doing it, right? Every time you go back and forth with your business leaders on iterating through the requirements and iterating through the scope and iterating through the work, you're doing agile. You're just not calling it that, right? I've never actually in my life been a part of a waterfall project that didn't have some kind of iterations built in, whether we called it a phase two or a phase three, or we were going back and forth with our business business stakeholders to implement the work. So Absolutely. we're all doing it. We, it's not so scary. It's just a lot of common sense. So I like how you hit the nail on the head with that saying, look, this is a part of what we should just be doing. And for goodness sakes, I got to tell you, Antonio, if I hear anyone else ever again, I might lose my mind. If I hear anybody say PMO equals waterfall, right? First of all, PMOs shouldn't even be so focused on methodology, that's not really what they're there for. They're not the methodology police. They're there no. to help the organization achieve the strategic objectives. So it shouldn't even be, we're having the wrong conversation completely if we're having a conversation around the PMO and what methodology we're talking about, right? Absolutely. And I think that's when you remember at the beginning, that's how we would start to set up a PMO is basically create a standard methodology and and I think, yeah, there is a bit of sense for that, but should not be the focus. And it, we are just a big resource with different approaches and we should be the ones who know when to use Agile and a bit of waterfall and coach the project leaders to become better and business-minded. So I just agree with all what you're saying. Really, I think we don't need to run away from the past. There's very good things. I totally agree that Agile, the way we've seen it, it's just something very well, nicely wrapped and nicely rounded, but from many old concepts. And I think we just need to embrace it. I think we are, like you say, in a company where 50% of the work is carried out through projects. We are as important as the CFO. We are as important as the COO. We don't see it yet because we've been isolated in a corner, told many times that we're just back office. And no, according to my research, at least 50% of resources on any kind of big organization were project-based and are dedicated to projects. So see yourselves as the COO of the change and the future of the organization. And you are as powerful even more than the CEO. Oh, that's so, so good. Okay. So 
I am totally with you there. I totally agree. And I think that's what I've been trying to teach this community and feel so passionate about because I think that the golden opportunity is in front of us to really step into this leadership role. So let's say we've got all of our PMO leaders listening and they're like, I'm in, I'm convinced. Where do they start, right? Because let's say they are a PMO that's buried somewhere in the IT organization or they're a PMO of one, right? In a smaller organization. And frankly, I have students who are a PMO of one in small organizations that still have the ear of their CEO all the way to very large organizations in the same position. It's really about stepping into that leadership role and understanding the value you can bring to the organization and not by throwing a bunch of project management speak at them, but by talking to them like business leaders, not expecting them to get us, but learning how to get them, right? And to step into that leadership function. So Antonio, where would you say they should start? What do they do first to kind of make this transition from the traditional PMO? Like you said, there's no blame. There's nothing wrong with where you've been, but we've got to talk about where we're going and the future PMOs. And if you want to be a part of it, some shifts need to happen. So what would be your advice to all of our impact drivers listening? I think they should join your masterclass, Laura. And uh, maybe yeah, I'm, not, reach I'm not paying you to book. say that. Pay <laughs> me, but from what you tell me already now, I can see that this is what they need. I think we just need to learn. I'm constantly learning, and I think we don't need to learn so much about the PM book anymore. It's more about building that agile concepts and then learning more about business and strategy and yeah i think it's all about learning and seeing where you are and what kind of your strengths and weaknesses and i had weaknesses which i had to work on and some of them i just left and focus on other things so it's a personal transformation to become a leader and see things different than we were seeing them in the past. So I think it's, it's learning that's the most important. And, and for me, key is to find people that you admire in similar roles and learn from them. That's for me the yes. best. And that's why I, I talk about what you're doing, Laura. It's much easier to, and nowadays that you can write an email and have a chat and, and talk to each other. I think for me has been looking at role models and copy some of the things, maybe not just PMOs, but leaders. And, and that has been a great motivator for me. You know, that's a really important point. So thank you. And I did not pay you, nor did we discuss my Impact Engine PMO training program at all not before at all. this. <laughs> But, no, no. but thank you for that. But truly, you know, I got to tell you, Antonio, this has been a really cool year because I now know that this program is pandemic proof. And what I mean by that is the Impact Engine PMO training program has this fabulous group of students in it. And most of them upgrade to the coaching level because they get a small group of their peers, a cohort that is dealing with the same challenges in PMOs, large, small, all over the world, dealing with a lot of the same challenges around people and change and earning their seat at the table and what that looks like. And this year, those students, I just have to give a shout out to them. They have been doing so well in their organizations, really getting the attention of their business leaders and their business leaders going to them, asking those important questions. So I know it works. And I know that that's a really important part of the growth, like you said, of the growth of these individuals. And I would highly recommend whether it's my program or whatever speaks to you. I agree with Antonio completely. Find a way to find your community, to find your people, to go where your peers are and learn from them and learn what they're doing 
Antonio's got a ton of content out there that I'm just starting to dive into and I love all about this strategy implementation office and the concepts of transitioning to being much more strategically minded and strategically focused. So find what speaks to you. If you're building and running a PMO, if you're trying to do this shift to more of a strategy implementation mindset, we both have resources that can support you when we're both happy to do that on your journey because you are not alone in this. We've got your back and that is incredibly important that you know that there are these thought leaders out there that are trying to pave the way for you so that it's easier for you than it was for us. Right, Antonio? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have any of this when we were back in the 90s doing this for the first time. And we want to ensure, and what I've always said, Antonio, with my community, when I'm speaking to my impact drivers, I say, gosh, I wish I had me when I was you. And I'm sure you say the same kinds of things all the time, right? Absolutely. Yes. No, I think we learn by doing mistakes and uh, we're here to help people to do better. So, yeah. yeah, no, thank you very much. I truly enjoy talking, Laura. It's, it's amazing how minds that are aligned connect and we could go on forever. Oh, we totally could. So we'll have to definitely have you back on a future podcast episode. I'm super excited to be sharing you as a part of this year's PMO Impact Summit. For those of you that are listening, if you have not registered, definitely do so because Antonio dives into what it takes to do that transition from the traditional PMO to a strategy implementation office to succeed in this project economy. So thank you guys for being here today. Antonio, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I'm so honored to have you here. Pleasure. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. And a huge thanks to our PMO Impact Summit sponsor, Meisterplan. Meisterplan is a project portfolio management tool that lets companies create realistic and achievable portfolios. With Meisterplan, you can see project details, capacity, and financials all in one dashboard. Start making better project portfolios with a free 30-day trial at meisterplan.com. All right, Impact Drivers, that's it for today's session. Make sure that you register for the PMO Impact Summit. If you have not done so, what are you waiting for? It is completely free. And speaking of a community, we have a completely free mobile app called the Impact Driver Network, where you can learn all about the summit sessions, watch everything from the mobile app if you'd like, or from your desktop, and connect with your peers in the community. We're there. Join us for the conversation. We cannot wait to see you there. That's it for this session. Bye-bye for now. Bye.